Well, good afternoon, and thank you for joining me for the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. It's great to be here with you today. I am uh, honored to pray uh, with you, and I thank you for your prayers. I certainly need them. Uh, let's pray for each other. Let's pray for all the intentions that we have. I mean, life is hard, right? It's a test. It's a trial. But God's with us. I believe that. And uh, I look back on my own life at many of the circumstances, many of the trials that I had, and um, you always somehow get through them, don't you? Somehow you see God's fingerprints uh, on those events. You know, you see how he's been orchestrating things and how he never fails you. So I want to pray for you that those intractable problems that are now facing you, those situations that seem impossible, those hardships that you are facing, that God's mercy can penetrate them and resolve them and miracles unfold in your life. And if you want to join me, you can always try to get in on the phone lines. The number here is uh, 888-914-9149. That is 888-914-9149. And of course, Maggie will be praying with me today. She's back. Uh, a lot of people, Maggie, the other day were, um, I told them you were out. You were feeling a little under the weather. Well, and, I was, um, yeah. And they uh, they basically, a lot of people will say they're praying for you. So <laughs> I hope you're feeling better today. I am I'm feeling better. I'm not 100%, but I'm better than yesterday. I'm glad to have you back. Yeah. If you want to send your intentions to Maggie, she will put you up. Uh, she'll put her eyes on them at least. You can send her a post on our X platform. That is at Drew Mariani Show. That's uh, formerly Twitter, at Drew Mariani Show. And, of course, uh, if you're on Facebook or YouTube, great way to... Put those intentions up there, too. Maggie's uh, monitoring those as well, all of our socials. So I want to pray with you. Before I do, I'll share a quick email that came in here. A little answer prayer. You know, we all have, finances are hard. You know, sometimes you live within your means, and sometimes it's really difficult to, to make things work. So I got this uh, letter from a guy named Robert, and he emailed me, and he sent me a picture of his truck. And he says, my truck's a, an F-350, 6.7 liter, 2016, has two water pumps, multiple layers of cooling, etc. And I have limited knowledge of, so I watched a video and thought my water pump went bad. Well, this would be the main one leaking, you know, out the, the weep hole and onto the lower radio hose. I know I'm speaking technically here. That's how he wrote this. He says, well, bottom line, it was a large amount of a coolant. And uh, I called my dealership and the water pump was $350. And I was looking to do it myself and I decided against it. So I called the local garage. They said they'd fix it for $1,300. And $50. So I was just, it was making a whirling sound this morning. So I prayed and he says, uh, I topped it off and I drove it over there. He prayed the chaplet with us. And he says, they looked at it this afternoon and Drew, they can't find the leak. <laughs> this guy said he saw puddles of coolant. They cannot find the leak. He says, Drew, this is a lot of money for me. And I know that this garage I took it to is not inept. I just finished the rosary when they had called me. I just wanted to let you know. That's the power of prayer, right? Power of the chaplet, the power of the rosary, the power of just putting our impossible situations in the hand of the Lord. $1,350 is a lot to, to make a repair, especially if you're maybe, if things are tight for you. Um, so God can fix those broken cars, right? In miraculous ways, that, that, that problem heater that you're having right now. You know, those medical reports, you know, the legal challenges that face you, the taxes, the finances, we look at everything so temporally, and we can't see a way out because the numbers don't add up 
or our eyes tell us, hey, there's a leak. I see this puddle. I can't afford to fix this. God can find a way. And uh, I just I love that email because nothing is impossible with God. And uh, let's pray for you now that God will work a miracle in your life. Maggie, before we start, anything you want to pray for as we, we launch? You know, we got a lot of intentions in on Twitter, and um, there's two that are kind of related, I guess, just because they're about such young children. Michael wrote to us. He said, please pray for Mark, a two-year-old from Kansas. He just had a stroke yesterday and lost functioning in his left side. Oh, my. They're assessing him right now to see the full extent of damage, but he has slurred speech, limited mobility on the left right now. And then Julie wrote to us, she said, please pray for a missing three-year-old boy named Elijah from Two Rivers, Wisconsin. He says, uh, yeah, and she says, also pray for my son. He's sick with a bad virus. Um, Prayers for him. I hate those stories of missing children. I know. It's hard. There was a child missing in... Texas, and they just found her. She was dead, a little three-year-old, I think. I think it was her. Maybe, Stop, maybe she was really? 11. I forget the age. And she was found in the river. Um, and I just think of the families. I mean, I, it's, I, I, I walk out of stores sometimes, you see these um, these faces of kids that are either missing or, you know, I, maybe they're trafficked, maybe they're abducted. I don't know. But I just might. There's no resolution for the family. And I just, I, I want to pray for resolution and for peace and for healing especially for those who mourn. And um, Lord, I, I just give you these these trials of life and and also the mystery of suffering. I, I don't get it, but I trust in you. Let's pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You expired, Jesus. But the source of life gushed forth for souls and the ocean of mercy opened up for the whole world. O font of life, unfathomable divine mercy. Envelop the whole world and empty yourself out upon us. O blood and water which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us. I trust in you. O blood and water which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us. I trust in you. O blood and water which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us. I trust in you. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and was born of the Virgin, Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell on the third day. He rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Amen. All right, our first call today comes from Maritza. She is praying with us in Staten Island, New York. Hi, Maritza. Good afternoon. Hi, Drew. Hey. Um, I need a lot of prayer because uh, I live in uh, Manor Road. That's the name of the street. And it's filled with a lot of people who are anti-Christian, anti-Catholic. 
anti-everything American, everything good, loving, and holy. I struggle so much with my son who has mental problems because they beat him so many times. He has so many scars on his head. And I'm all by myself and the church doesn't visit me. And nobody visits me. I have two friends that I found uh, recently and, uh, and my mom and my sister who live in Pennsylvania. And I struggle so much to keep float. I don't have a lot of money. I want to move upstate. And uh, uh, my so, my resource uh, in my heart is God, and they want me to lose faith in Him. Well, you sound like a spiritual woman, Maritza. And and I know mm-hmm. that um, you're going through a difficult time. We'll pray for your, your son for sure and for your finances and all these intentions that you have. Uh, you keep praying. And, and pray with trust, right? Pray with hope. Pray with faith. Know that God hears your prayers. We're going to join you right now. We're going to pray for your circumstance and for all the trials that you're going through. And, and I want to pray in a particular way for those who are lonely, Lord, those who um, need comfort, those who need to feel your presence, and uh, for every one of this, this beautiful woman's intentions. I ask you to hear her cries today. And I just ask that your grace flows to all who are now crying out to you. Eternal Father, I offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. All right, our next call today comes from Sharon. She's in uh, the villages in Florida. Hi, Sharon. Hi, Drew. What a blessing. Thank you. you. Um, My first petition, I have a couple, is um, I was asked to pray for a young man, 34 years old, who is a missionary. His name is Javin, and he does this mission work throughout the world. Two weeks ago, he was struck with his hands or his arms and his legs completely paralyzed. He's been in the hospital for two weeks, and they cannot find the root cause of the problem so i'm asking for prayers for him my second petition is for some dear friends of ours who live in the villages they're in their middle 80s have one son married with five children they have been very close for years and years but a year ago the son asked his parents for something quite too big for them to handle they couldn't do it because of physical reasons and they declined his request, mm. and he has closed the doors on them. They have not been able to do any time of getting wow. together with the family anymore. They can't call the grandkids on their birthdays, nothing. Well, they, their hearts are broken. Well, Sharon, first of all, thanks for interceding for, for so many people. Um, here's the you know You shared that last story. It reminds me of a, a man I know. The same thing. He had his uh, son come over. He hadn't seen his son in a long time. His son came and he asked him for, I guess, some help or a generous gift. And um, the father 
could only give him what he could give, right? He only had so much of it. Same thing happened. Son took what he could from his father, and that father never heard from his son uh, again. And the father shared this with me. And I've been praying for him. I prayed for probably about a year and a half. Um, about three weeks ago, I found that that son has returned, and he and the father are back in communication and back in good relationships. So let, let's pray right now. We'll pray for family estrangement. I, I can't imagine how painful that must be for those those poor parents and those poor grandparents. It's so wrong when, when, when children do that to their to their parents. So uh, we'll pray in a particular way for that. Let's let's pray for the situation of paralysis. I'm going to pray for resurrection, for the ability to move and to walk, that from the moment of these prayers forward, that suddenly there'll be movement. Even if it's the slightest movement, the doctors will find out what the problem is. And Lord, I just ask that you resurrect, you heal, and you bring about full mobility to this man in this situation. But I, I pray for all who are praying with me now, Lord. We pray for our families, for our children, for our loved ones. I pray for those with troubled hearts, Lord, those who mourn, and those with broken hearts, as I pray. Eternal Father, I offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us. And on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the world. sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. All right, before we go to Joanne, who is in Portland, Maine, and let's go to Maggie. Maggie, I know your eyes are on our Twitter or X account, I should say. And yeah. A lot of our social media, what's coming in? What can we pray for? Well, sometimes I'm able to pull stuff from the other platforms, but today there were so many needs coming in on X that I'm oh, just wow. I'm sticking to that. Gracie asked us to pray for her friend Fred, who's undergoing a nuclear stress test tomorrow. She says, of course, we want to hear that he's all clear. Amen. Um, Sue wrote to us, she said, a very sick 16-year-old with muscle cancer has spread. The family only found out a week ago. Wow. It's a tragedy, and we need a miracle. Liz says, Drew and Maggie, please prayers for my husband, Tom. He's still at the hospital since he fell and fractured his hip. He's not doing well with these complications from his renal problem as well. We need his kidney filtration to go higher. Jesus, I trust in you. Carrie says, I'm so sorry to ask again. Don't be sorry, Carrie. She says, but I need prayers for my depression, anxiety, loneliness, and isolation. I know that they're my crosses to bear, but along with chronic pain, sometimes it just seems too much. She says, I'm feeling desperate right now. Thank you so much. Anne wrote to us, she said, please pray for my daughter who's in labor, that she will give birth safely to a healthy baby. Patrick Alog just asked us to pray for a relative, Edgardo, who's in uh, the ICU. Mm. I would like to lift up some prayers for my husband, Joe. Uh, and and lastly, I would really like to pray prayers of reparation for the disgrace of what's ha been happening or happened at St. Patrick's Cathedral mm. in New York. And I, I just want to lift up prayers um, of protection for our Holy Mother Church. Well, prayers, Maggie. 
Very beautiful. Thank you very much for those prayers. I want to pray for Maggie and, of course, for her her baby and for all those new parents, those seeking to be parents, those struggling with fertility. Let's pray for an end to the culture of death. Let's pray for peace in this world. Let's also pray for the souls in purgatory. I really want to make that a, a regular part of this chapel because we have so many prayers being lifted to heaven. I, I would imagine that every day, as a result of these prayers, souls are being released into paradise. Her purgation comes to an end thanks to our prayers. They can't pray for themselves, so let's really remember our loved ones and those who've gone before us. And John Schaefer, you just came to my mind. He's a man who prays with us all the time. He lost his wife and uh, still mourns her. John, I'm praying for you. He came to me to mind twice. Joanne is in Portland, Maine. Let's get her into the mix as well. Hi, Joanne. Good afternoon. Hello, Drew and Maggie. Hey. I'd like to ask the uh, Divine Mercy Chapel community to remember Steve, a pharmacist in San Diego, who's undergoing a very complicated cardiac procedure right now, a very sudden onset of shortness of breath, and they came to find out the doctors don't know why, but he is... Um, developed uh, a, a considerable loss of cardiac function in his muscles. So it's a very dangerous procedure he's having today. Thank uh, you. We'll pray for him. We'll pray for you too, Joanne. Eternal Father, we offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful Passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. All right, we'll go to Osh, Wisconsin. Next time, Mark, good afternoon. Hi, Drew. Thanks for taking my call. I want to pray for the repose of the soul of my mom, Shirley, who passed away this morning. Um, oh, Passed away from congestive heart failure. Um, she was a huge Divine Mercy warrior, prayer warrior. I'm sorry. And um, I know she was in a lot of discomfort and pain, and um, I had the chance to pray the chaplet with her last night, and it really calmed her down, and she passed early this morning. And I also want to pray for all the caregivers out there, whether they're working institutions or in private homes. They make a huge difference, and... Um, we just, it's very much appreciated what they do for, for all of us. Well, Mark, let me sincerely express my condolences to you. Uh, it's hard to lose a mom. I Thank say you. it all the time. And, and when I get done the broadcast, I'll stop in our chapel and I'll pray for her soul. And I'll pray in a particular way for your family because the days ahead are going to, of course, be very busy and, and they're going to be rough. So I'm glad you could Thank pray you. the chapel with her. That's a gift. It really is. What a grace, what a grace that is. And I'm sure our Lord came from your mother, for your mother as a merciful Savior. So we'll pray for her. Lord, I pray for all those who mourn today. I pray for all those with heart issues, coronary issues. Lord, I pray for those who you'll be calling home in the not-too-distant future. And I pray in a particular way for the hour of our own deaths that our deaths will be peaceful and that we'll be met by you, Lord. 
Eternal Father, we offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the world. sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. And for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. All right, our next call is uh, Manuel up next. Is that who's next? Manuel, okay, in uh, Levine, Arizona. Hey, Manuel, good afternoon. Hello, Drew, and uh, my family prayer warriors. Uh, this call is for Thanksgiving. Um, I called around May 20th, 23rd for my cousin, Raul. He was diagnosed with uh, forged, uh -huh. uh, stage 4 cancer, uh -huh. and I had traveled to his liver. And I received a text today, and... He's on a remission today. He has no cancer. Wow, and I just amazing. want to thank Jesus. Amen. I want to thank Jesus. And thank you guys for having this powerful prayer. Oh, man. And all those great. people that prayed. And, man, it's, man, I'm on, I'm on fire right now. <laughs> well, tell others about it. Let's pray in Thanksgiving. Man, I love it. I love that. Do me a favor. If you get a chance, and I, I really encourage everyone who's listening, please send me these type of answered prayers. We pray the chaplet, the cancer disappears, or the test results come back positive. We hear miracles here every day. Drew at RelevantRadio.com. Drew at RelevantRadio.com. Mark an answered prayer, and I'll make sure I flag it. And well, let's pray in Thanksgiving. I'm going to pray for you, too, and for all of your intentions. Thank you for calling and and sharing that. Sneak one more call in here quickly. Uh, Andrea, uh, or Andrea is calling us from uh, McAllen, Texas. Uh, hi, Drew. Hey. Um, I, so I have a few intentions. Um, I'm praying for some miracles. One for my cousin. She has an autoimmune disorder, so that gives her a lot of problems. But now, on top of that, she's also having heart problems. Mm -hmm. So the doctor thinks she had like a mini heart attack. And now uh, the, her lower ventricle and her heart is not working, and she's not doing good. And she's only 29. Whoa. Wow. Well, yeah. let's, let's, let's lift her up right now. We'll pray. And this is your cousin, right? This is my cousin, yes. All right, we'll lift her up. It's and hard. also for my daughter, um, she, she's had a lot of health issues right now. She's, she has GERD, and she has like a mystery illness that um, okay. we're trying to figure out what it is, but she gets sick a lot. And just uh, for my health, for my uh, for my marriage, for my husband's healing, for the conversion of my family, and a special prayer for the emancipation and uh, protection of some kids that my sister uh, used to foster. They're uh, not in a good situation right now, and we would like to get them home. Such beautiful prayers. Well, thank you. Let's lift up all of these intentions, and we'll take your needs and desires to the foot of the cross, along with all who are now united with me. Heavenly Father, we ask for your mercy as we turn to you. And I ask for, for many more miracles, many prompt answers to prayers, for healing and for blessing. 
Eternal Father, I offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, holy mighty one, holy immortal one. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, holy mighty one, holy immortal one. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, holy mighty one, holy immortal one. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal God, in whom mercy is endless and the treasury of compassion inexhaustible, please look kindly upon us and increase your mercy in us so that in difficult moments we may not despair nor become despondent, but with great confidence submit ourselves to your holy will, which is love and mercy itself. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Our Lady Queen of Heaven. Pray for us. Our Lady of Champion. Pray for us. Mother of Mercy. Pray for Our us. Our Lady of Guadalupe. Pray for us. Our Lady Reconciler of Peoples and Nations. Pray for us. Virgin Most Powerful. Pray for us. Saint Joseph. Pray for us. Saint Faustina. Pray for us. Saint Peregrine. Pray for us. Saint John Paul II. Pray for us. Saint Jose Maria Escriva. Pray for us. Saint Patrick. Pray for us. Blessed Michael Sapochko. Pray for us. And all you angels and saints. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. If you have an intention, hit our socials. Maggie's on them. If you have an answer prayer, send it to me, Drew at RelevantRadio.com. And do me a favor, tell others about the chaplet. And just a quick programming note before you go. Tomorrow, you see this image right here? This image of Divine Mercy? Beautiful image, right? That's the one the Lord asked St. Faustina to, to paint. Tomorrow's the anniversary of the day that that image was revealed to her. Man, there are some incredible promises. We talk about the promises of the chaplet. Wait till you hear what he had to say about that image. You're going to want one. I'll fill you in on those details and share with you an amazing story of where the very first image here in our country hung. And it hung decades before the devotion to divine mercy was ever overturned. All that and more tomorrow, but stay with me. I'll be right back. Tweet us your prayer intention anytime on Twitter at Drew Mariani Show. Hey, join Father Rocky this September for a pilgrimage to Poland and Prague. You'll visit the lands of St. John Paul the Great, St. Faustina, Our Lady of Czestochowa, and the infant child of Prague. Seats are limited. Information at relevantradio.com slash Poland. That's relevantradio.com slash Poland. The Alabama Supreme Court ruled last Friday that frozen embryos are considered children under state law. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Yeah, that is a big story, and I think it's going to have big implications. Good afternoon. I'm Drew Mariani. It is good to be with you today. Let me fill you in on what's going on here. Mary Fiorito is going to be stopping by. We'll tap into her expertise, and feel free to join me, too. You know the, the hotline to get in, right? 888 you got to check this story out. It can get a little bit complicated, but we're going to try to keep it as simple as possible. Earlier, earlier uh, 
in the week, you probably have seen how the media responded to this. There, there was a, uh, <laughs> I call it a legal earthquake <laughs> that just rumbled throughout the country from the state of Alabama. And uh, it came from a ruling, an eight, eight to one ruling, where the justices said that frozen human embryos are protected by the state's wrongful death of a minor act. So as the National Catholic Register reported, uh, they did a great piece on this. You can check it out. The, the justices said that the protections for children under that act are, one, sweeping and unqualified. And that is its provision extends to children regardless of their location. And they also said that the act has to be read in light of the protections for the unborn that come from the state constitutional amendment that the people approved in, in 2018. So the case comes from three sets of parents. The background is this. They had these frozen embryos that were accidentally destroyed at the fertility clinic. And uh, they, they wanted compensation. And they sued under, I guess, the wrongful death of a minor act. But the doctors argued, oh, that act doesn't apply to frozen embryos. So the justice... Of course, they disagreed, and now, at least according to the headline in the Washington Post, and check out this headline. This is the one that really grabbed my attention. It says, shock, anger, confusion, grip Alabama court ruling on embryos. And I think that's uh, that's what you call hyperbole, right? Um, it is having, and I've seen a lot of other media outlets taking a look at what this means. But, but you know, think about the implications of this, too. You know, when does life begin? You know, when should it be protected? If, if that is a human life... Right, if that's a person, take a look at some of these some of these states that have put it to their to their constitution, but but some that allow abortion, the destruction of that human person up until birth, right, or sometimes even beyond. But the headline in the mainstream media about the ruling, they're all running kind of the same way. Uh, CNN had this headline. It's, it said this. It said in unprecedented decision. Alabama Supreme Court ruled frozen embryos are children. It could have chilling effects on IVF. Well, yeah, I think it's going to. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think there's any doubt about that. The New York Times, they said this. Alabama rules frozen embryos are children, raising questions about fertility care. Isn't it strange how life doesn't matter when it's embryonic, when it's in the womb, right? They always have these other issues later that seemed to have greater importance. These headlines reflect that. Alabama healthcare, here's another one, this came from Yahoo. Alabama healthcare system pauses IVF treatments after court embryo ruling. So even though this is restricted to Alabama, right? This isn't in all the other states. There are a lot of people who are saying, hey, um, this could impact other states. And let's look at the repercussions of this, not just for the, the wonderful citizens of Alabama. But let's let's take a look at this on a broader scale. And I'm joined today by an attorney and the Cardinal Francis George Fellow at the Ethics and Public, uh, Public Policy Center, or P Public Policy Institute, I should say, uh, Mary Fiorito. Mary, it's good to have you with me today. Good afternoon. Well, good afternoon, Drew. It's nice to be back with you again. So I know you were just going through all these uh, documents. You says it can get kind of heady. And, of course, we're going to try to keep it as simple as possible. Um, give me your takeaway on this. I mean, the decision was for the state of Alabama, yet you see the knees knocking and the trembling from the media all across the country. It's being vilified by the nation's media as something that could, 
you know, impact fertility and the, the rest of the country. How do you see this playing out and, and maybe bring us back to how the decision was made and, and then give me the broad view? Right. So, okay. So and, and as you pointed out, uh, Drew, like this decision right now applies only to the state of Alabama because the state of Alabama's laws skew in favor of the rights of the unborn child. And that was that was decided, as you mentioned, um, through referendum by the citizens of Alabama themselves. And the facts in this particular case, there was an institution called the Center for Reproductive Medicine, uh, and people would go to this particular center, in this case, three different married, uh, married couples, to undergo IVF treatments. And during those treatments, um, the, the, the doctors at the center were able to help the plaintiff couples conceive children, and um, these children were being stored cyrogenically in what was called the center's cyrogenic nursery, which is a facility that was at this particular fertility center to keep em- human embryos that were, you know, existing extra uterine, which means outside the uterus of the mother, um, alive at a fixed stage of development. And so they were, they were done, it was done so by preserving them at a very, very, very low temperature. So uh, somehow um, the plaintiffs alleged that the center was obligated to keep this cyrogenic nursery secured and monitored, but somehow a patient at this hospital managed to wander in, according to the court filings, managed to wander into the fertility clinic through an unsecured doorway and remove several embryos. And because the, the, these embryos were being kept, these you know unborn human beings were being kept at a sub-zero temperature, um, the, the, the person who removed them, uh, their hands kind of freeze burned. You know, if you've ever had something that's, that's you know, you have delivered to you stored in frozen sure. ice, you know what that's like. Um, and so the patient dropped the embryos on the floor, which killed them. So the families, uh, the parents of these, you know, cyrogenically frozen unborn children brought lawsuits against the center and um, alleged that these were, you know, they weren't just property. So they weren't just physical property in terms of the state's property laws, but they were actually protected um, as minor children and not property. And and the court, as you mentioned, agreed that these are actually minor children, no matter where they're located, inside the mother's womb, outside the mother's womb, that they they come within the state's legal definition of a person or a child within a wrongful death claim. So I don't want to, as, as I as I noted, I don't want to get too far into the legal weeds yeah, because right, it will right. confuse people who aren't attorneys. But essentially, again, Alabama law, it's used in favor of the rights of the unborn child. And what the court held was it doesn't matter where the location of that unborn child is. Yeah, right. It can be inside the mother's uterus. It can be outside the mother's uterus. But it still is what it is, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So it's right. it still is, you know, right? It, right. In, in terms of the definition of what it is as a human being, and you know, Drew, this is I I I hate to say this um, because you know the the desire, as Saint John Paul II always pointed this out, right? The desire for a a child of your own is a good and holy and natural desire. Right. It is not a bad desire to have this. Sometimes people take matters into their own hands, and you know, will engage in you know, procedures and practices that the church doesn't approve of. And the church doesn't approve of them, you know, for example, for a reason. And this would be one of the sort of natural outcomes of of that rationale when you take it to its logical conclusion of what can happen when we take matters into our own hands, when we try to play God, et cetera, et cetera. But the desire itself is not a bad desire, right? You want your own biological child. 
But this is why we don't we don't take that outside of the marital act, right. and we don't we certainly don't take it outside of the protective barrier that the mother's body provides for that child. That's where that child belongs, right? I mean, that's how God created the female body to be able to protect and nurture a child. So it's it's you know we're we're just getting into some science fiction things here, and this is again the the natural conclusion of it, but. At the end of the day, whether it's inside the mother's uterus, it's it's in a, 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 a what do they call it, a cryptogenic nursery. I think they actually call it a nursery, which is you know astounds me. Um, they actually give it that term. Yeah. It's still a human being, and the, the court just acknowledged, I think, what everybody knows to be true biologically, is that that's a human life. Yeah. So uh, let's discuss the implications of what this means, what are the potential effects of the, the ruling, let's say on IVF, in vitro fertilization in Alabama, how does the ruling impact the rights of you know, individuals and couples who are going to now seek that treatment? Uh, does it impact them at all? I mean, I, as, as far as I can tell, I don't think it impacts their ability to seek that type of treatment, but what it, what the implication is really for these reproductive um, institutions, they're storing, the unborn children and to make certain that they are, that they understand that if something were to go awry, as it did in this case, and the children are to be harmed or killed unintentionally, that they're going to be held accountable for that. So it doesn't implicate the parents as much as it implicates the institutions that are doing this kind of work and that are, I'm sorry to use this phrase because it's very callous, but are storing these unborn children yeah, it's reality. In, a, in kind of yeah, well, it, it, in a you know semi-frozen state until they can be implanted, and so it's it's a very it's a horrible thing to think about, but it it really puts the illness more on the institutions that like listen, if you let something happen to this without the parents you know express consent or knowledge, oh. you're going to be held accountable. So, so it may it may have a chilling effect. I'm sorry, sorry, no pun intended there, but a chilling effect on the on the on the institutions that yeah. do this kind of work. It will it affect other states? Yeah, I know a lot of states are a little the national media is run with the story. How do you think this will ripple out and and affect you know, those it, other states? Yeah. I, I I don't I mean it 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 really can't insofar as each state I mean after Dobbs right yeah. the, the Supreme Court has returned all of these issues to the individual states I don't see it implicate you know other than perhaps relying on you know another state court's interpretation of their particular state law I I don't see it having a huge ripple effect per se however you know again the media is they're just looking for anything to make it look as if the overturning of Roe is the end of the world, right? That's the ultimate, that's the ultimate goal here, yeah, that everything that now we've come to rely upon. I mean, and this is very much, I mean, you know, it's, it's interesting, Drew, I've been doing a lot of research on how the United States reacted after the Brown versus Board of Education decision, which was the last big, huge kind of seismic Supreme Court decision, which overturned the separate but equal principle that had been permitted in Plessy versus Ferguson, right? Which you could have, you could have black kids and white kids separated in different institutions as long as they were, you know, ostensibly equal. And I mean, for years and years after the Brown versus Board of Education, the Southern states were trying to come up with reasons that they couldn't possibly implement these laws. And, you know, there was something called the mass resistance where a, a, a bunch of Southern, you know, elected officials said, we will never, ever, ever uh, uh, desegregate our schools in the South and no Supreme Court decision will tell us otherwise. 
so you know after there's there's kind of a huge you know uh, you know seismic as i as i said right. decision of this regard you're obviously going to have uh, the ship listing a lot right yeah. and so yeah. it's going to come back to center People are going to have to get used to the fact that, no, you just can't kill unborn children wantonly. You can't store them wantonly and that human life is not something to be toyed with. But, you know, we've had 50 years of essentially human life being treated as disposable and, you know, killed at at somebody else's whim, someone more powerful's whim. So it's going to take it's going to take a little bit of time for the American people to kind of get understanding of rights that these are human beings like us. And we can talk about that. I didn't take a break. When we come back, we can deal with the legal and the ethical considerations now uh, since these frozen embryos have been classified as, as, as human beings and what kind of rights they ultimately will have. If you want to join us, the number 888-914-9149, taking a look at a huge ruling out of the Alabama Supreme Court uh, on personhood for human embryos. Our conversation continues with more right after this. The Drew Mariani Show. Connected. Connected. Relevant Radio. We try to explain the faith in a really conversational tone so that you can in turn explain it to others. That's the idea. Kale Clark. And we really do count on our listeners here at Relevant Radio to spread the word about what we do. So please share about these programs, whether it's the Faith Explained program, the Kale Clark Show, or any of the other great shows that we have on our network. It's great to share them on social media and conversation with friends. Bringing Christ to the world through the media. That's how the word spreads. Relevant Radio. You can support Relevant Radio in many ways. Joining a giving society, donating a vehicle you don't need anymore, and now donating a piece of land or other real estate. Donate now at relevantradio.com slash property. I mean, the church's position on not condoning artificial forms of reproduction like IVF and intrauterine insemination really comes from a place of love, a beautiful place of love for the, for the woman to kind of build her up and support her, her dignity, but also the family of you know, how procreation and marriage are ordered. So, but then when women or families encounter infertility, because they want a good thing. They want a family. They want a baby. But it doesn't mean that it's right to do that through something that is, you know, illicit, like IVF, um, that could destroy life. And so we really have to offer them something else. You know, we have to, we can't just say this is something that you have to, you know, suffer with and come up with solutions. And that's kind of the beautiful thing about NFP and NAPR technology is really, we're at service of the family, we're at service of the woman, of her health, to help her be healthier, you know, and also help the family kind of grow. Get the facts, get the faith. This is the Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. NFP is a wonderful option. Uh, If you have a grandchild or a child through uh, in vitro, I, I want to address that too. You know, the uh, I know a lot of people do this because they they want a child, and uh, I always want to be charitable and compassionate and understanding. And you know, we we love the gift of life. We love those children. Clearly, um, you know, the Catholic Church when it talks about the process of IVF, it there are some moral and ethical concerns there, and. 
you know, there's a couple couple things, and we could spend an hour talking about it. But I'll just broad brush it. Uh, you know, one of the key points is the sanctity of marriage and procreation, and, and IVF when it separates the procreative purpose of the marital act from the unitive purpose, uh, the church sees that as contrary to the design of natural law. You know, marriage has got to be procreative uh, and unitive and open, of course, to life. And IVF also often to um, involves the creation of multiple embryos. That's really a big problem. They're getting frozen or they get destroyed. They're not implanted and uh, they can be discarded or used in research. And that's a violation of the dignity of human life as well. And of course, you know, there were other concerns. Uh, some say, hey, there's, you know, people use selective reduction to lower the number of fetuses. Um, you know, a lot of different issues here. There's a lot, and there, there's more of them. I, like I said, I'm not going to go down that that lane. But the church is also compassionate. It also understands if somebody is going through this struggle, if you're struggling with infertility, consider the moral and the ethical alternatives that align with the teachings of the church, like natural family planning or adoption, right? That's a great way. So um, I'm joined today by a longtime friend of this broadcast, and it's always good to have with me, Mary Fiorito. She's an attorney. She's the Cardinal Francis George Fellow at the Ethics and Public, Public Policy Institute. I cannot speak. Public Policy Institute. And she's here with us today exploring the Alabama Supreme Court decision on taking a look at human embryos and recognizing them as having rights, having uh, personhood. And, and uh, you know, Mary, you and I were talking during the break a uh, little bit about a lot of parents or grandparents out there who have children that they love that have come through in vitro fertilization. Do you want to address that before we get to any other issue? Well, you know, I'm, I'm not a moral theologian. And, of course, as you pointed out very eloquently, Jewel, uh, Drew, you know, the, the church wants the unitive and the procreative act to stay together while at the same time acknowledging the real and good desire of a couple to want to have to have a biological child of their own. Um, and in some cases, that's just not possible. And sometimes, you know, it, it's um, it's interesting. You'll, you'll talk to couples who were never even told about the church approved ways of enhancing fertility or of, of addressing infertility that are completely church approved. You know, the, at, at uh, Creighton University's medical school, there's a wonderful institute that helps infertile parents uh, to conceive according to church teachings. So, um, you know, so you, you have to understand the moral culpability can sometimes be diminished depending on yeah. what a couple might have been told by their doctors. They might not have had all of the information about what the church can offer them in terms of the medical science that, that, that we have helped to, you know, um, promote and to fund that really does help um, couples to conceive. But, you know, this, this particular Alabama uh, case is really just very narrowly focused in Alabama alone on the ethical status of what they call extrauterine children. So these um, frozen embryos that are being kept and stored cryogenically outside of the uterus of the mother and the implications of treating those extrauterine children as, as human beings. But the court in Alabama said, you know, we don't even really have to get too far into kind of the ethical questions or the philosophical questions because they said the text of the law in Alabama is very clear that the wrongful death of a minor in Alabama, the way it is worded, the way it is phrased, the way that people understand it applies on its face to all unborn children without limitation, no matter where they live. 
So whether they're living with inside the womb of the mother or whether they're being stored chirogenically or cryogenically Mm -hmm. inside one of these uh, uh, fertility treatment facilities, that the wrongful death of a minor, um, you know, is applicable to them. So, for example, you know, the Wrongful Death of a Minor Act, um, this is often seen in, in fetal homicide laws. Now, this would be obviously um, irrelevant in Alabama, as it would in many other states. I think 38 states in the country have fetal homicide laws. So, for example, if I'm driving somewhere and you're a drunk driver and you hit me and I'm pregnant, you'll be charged with two counts of homicide, one for me and one for my unborn child, regardless of whether or not you knew I was pregnant, that the law protects unborn children in a variety of different criminal circumstances. And what the Alabama court is saying here, the Supreme Court in Alabama is saying that that even applies if the children have been conceived in an, um, you know, in a way that is not in the natural order and these children are being stored somewhere still to take their life or to be negligent, which, you know, in, in this case, you know, someone managed to get into this cyrogenic nursery and then drop the children accidentally killing yeah, them, yeah. that you're still liable for that. These are still human lives. Wow. Well, first, Mary, thank you for your eloquence and thanks for your time here. Um, I have less than a minute to go. People want to follow you or, or get connected to what you're doing. What's the best way to do that? So on Twitter, I, I tweet at, at Mary, or now known as X, uh, formerly Twitter, yes. at Mary Fiorito, or you can go to the Ethics and Public Policy Center and follow my scholars page at Mary Fiorito. And I, I'm grateful for your contribution to Morning Air. We hear you there a lot, and you can always uh, check out John Morales in the, in the morning as well with uh, Mary. Mary, thank you. We'll catch up again soon, okay? Okay, great to be with God you. God bless Drew. you. Thanks, Thanks so for making time for me. us. That's uh, Mary Fiorito, last name F-I-O-R-I-T-O. You want to track her down. News and headlines are straight ahead. I'm going to be back on the other side. Do you want a chance to win a million dollars? Wait till you hear this story. It involves a shroud of Turin. What? Yeah, I'll fill you in. Don't go away.